0: Ladies and gentlemen, yes. please welcome DTEx, D-Tex Smith, Smith and Steve Mix. You are now entering the Megacast.
1: Alright, I mean let's just talk about it. Yeah, yeah, let's get let's get right to it. This is gonna be a weird like flash forward episode of the Megacast. <laughs> Correct. Because uh I already recorded a chat with AEW former WWE legend. He was known as the big show in the WWE. He's now Paul White. Goes by his actual name. You know him. One of the largest men in the world of professional wrestling and truly one of the nicest guys Ted would not know because, well, he's also one of the most punctual, overly punctual, I guess, an early riser uh, guys I've ever met.
2: Right. Ironic, too, as I remember Paul Uh, (laughs) Riser. Right. So, right. Migsy hits me on Monday. Hey, he's coming in. He'll be here at 1130 sharp. I said, don't worry. I'll make sure I'm in there earlier yep. so we could do the interview. And then I had to do some stuff this morning. And I'm literally, I didn't even walk to the train. I was like, you yeah, know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take an Uber. So I make sure I'm there on time. Yeah. And like, as I'm getting in the Uber it makes it hits me with the text. It's like, just heads up, dude, he's going to get here early. So I'm like, I couldn't tell if you, I don't remember. I thought you said you were just going to do the interview.
1: Um, or you might have to do it early. I might, do it, I might have to do it. I might have to do it without you if you're not here. Don't no worries if you can't get okay. here in time. Because right. I had no idea how early. So I get. So AEW hits me up and like, hey, we want to have Paul on. I'm like, yeah. Could any chance he could be here at 11:30 because that would work out perfect because he wanted to come in on a Wednesday. I'm like, we could do the mega catch with Paul White. I figured that would be a blast. Right. I'm pumped. You're pumped. He's the coolest guy. I've 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 quickly met him before. Super nice. He's always great in interviews. I was like, you know, because I was like, we could do a hardcore wrestling interview or it could be like a fun one with me and Ted just kind of like being goofs. And I think and. Knowing him, he'd probably be a goof with us as well while getting in, obviously, the stuff about All Elite Wrestling because they're here this weekend for Collision on Saturday night and then part of a Dynam- uh, Wrestle Dream, which is the big pay-per-view that's happening on uh, Sunday, wrestling.com. Just go to their socials. You can get information about getting tickets and all that good stuff. So uh, Adam, who's part of the AEW team, he messages me and he's just like, hey, uh, I'm with Paul right now. And mind you, this is at 1025 in the morning. And again, we we're going to do this at 30. Uh, uh, we're on our way to you. Uh, we might get there a little bit earlier. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no problem. I'm thinking, okay, maybe they're at SeaTac. So, you know, they'll probably still get here at 11-ish. And I bet Ted will be here. I'm like, that sounds great. So, I texted you, hey, heads up. There's yeah. a chance. We might be doing the interview. I wish I would have said, if we're doing the interview and you see us in there, just come on in. But I was like, I had a feeling so that you were going to be here in time. I was like, cool. And then he's asking if the interview's live or can they do the interview early? I'm like, yeah, we could do it early because I was getting the vibe. That they needed other things to do as well. Like they weren't gonna be able to stay very long. Right. Like they're not the only, we're not the only interview they're doing in town. So I was like, yeah, no problem. So again, 1025. That happens. Now, 1035, 10 minutes later, I get a text from him that says, We are here. I was like, what? You're already here? Like, so I'm like, and he's like, We're heading up, floor 14, right? I was like, Yeah. But I'll come down because I don't think the elevator will bring you up without any card access because it wouldn't. Like our our floor is like completely like Fort Knox. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I go down. I'm like, I got to get the room ready. I was like, I'll just quickly text Ted and just say, hey, they're already here. Once you get here, just come in. But I didn't have a chance because I'm like, oh crap. So I go over to the door and they're just waiting at our door. I was like, security brought them up, which I get. I mean, you see a guy that's like seven he, foot he, something. But you know he's important,
2: right? And he was. In, I mean, he's wrestled
1: for so long, right? Like, right, so soon right, You you know it's him. You're just like, how do I know this guy? Right. And the last thing you want to do is leave this guy downstairs,
2: right? So yeah. then I walk in, the lights already on, so I'm like, ah, right, they're in there. And I thought about it, but I was like. Man, I don't know. Migs knows so much about wrestling. Like they're already in it. And and it's hard to explain to people interviews could just be odd. Yes. So I've never met them. I was just like, uh, and in the way the studio is set up, there's really only one way to look in. Is this one little And it's tiny. It's tiny. It's like a little so wide. Wa- it's, like, it's like what? Like three inches wide? Right. Of a window. So right. Remember like elementary school or something? Those yes. doors are all solid except that one slither. Yeah. Sliver. That's what this is. So I look at Steve's talking, I'm like, all right. But I couldn't t- I, I just assumed, number one, you guys were already mid interview.
1: And then number two, I was like, man, if he's got a team in there, I don't want to be the guy just like, oh hey, it's me. Yeah. So the funny part is on my side, I, he comes in and I'm like, okay, I think Ted's probably gonna be here soon enough. It's like 1040 ish at this point, right? All right. And he starts telling me a story off the air that is Dude, insane. Like, it was a great right. story. I was like, dude, we can put on the mics and talk about it. He goes, no, no, no. I don't want to talk about this on the air because it was just like, it wasn't anything that, like incriminating, but it was a pretty insane story that I think he just was like, in a lot of colorful language. It's just like, you know, a lot of f bombs, but it was like, holy smokes. We just talked about some media stuff over the years. And it was, it was, awesome like he couldn't be cooler and i'm having a blast just listening. i'm laughing my face off the guy he's with he's awesome as well like we're all just having a really good time talking and i'm like please ted show up please and i even said hey he's like he's like so are you cool to do this like now or like do we have to like is that like we feel bad that we got here so early i'm like no it's totally fine i was like there's a chance the guy doing the show with ted my buddy he was thinking you guys were going to be here at 11 30 so he's going to be here but he's running late According to where we're at right now, right? According right. to the new time right. schedule. Now we're an hour early. He's still going to be early, but now he's late. Um, but I was I like, oh, that was the worst thing, which is hilarious. So I was just like, so he might barge in. He's like, oh, all right. He's like, well, what's his name? I'm like, it's Ted. He's like, oh, I'm going to give him a hard time when he comes in. I'm like, perfect. Damn it. I was like, perfect. So I see you through this little slit of a window, and I thought you looked at me, and I gave you like the thumbs up waving. I was like, we're good. Come in. Because, like, literally, we started five minutes into us doing the interview. Maybe five, seven minutes into the yeah, interview. Yeah, like, you're right. When you came out, you were like, we weren't that deep into it. I'm like, S. Yeah, you literally, I saw you walk in. And then I see you, and I'm like, okay. And I see you at your, your mug, and you walked off. I'm like, oh, yeah, I bet he's getting, like, himself a coffee to come in here with. That's cool. And then I see you, and now you're sitting at your computer. I'm like, all right. He's clearly checking his emails. Maybe. I, I, Fred, I at like, this point, I don't know how long it's been going
2: on. Yeah. And I sent you a text, but obviously you're not going to check your phone. I thought maybe it was just on your counter. I wish so I did. So then
1: I felt bad. as yeah. I was like, I don't want to just barge in there. Yeah. And a little bit, You'd already told him. And he's like, yeah, cool. I'll give him that. Yeah. And God, it's, it's like, it. oh, man. And I'm like waiting and I'm looking. and I'm like, do I just say, hold on a second, Paul. Open the door. and be like, yo, Ted, get in here. I was like, that seems very, I mean. He told me some stories of very unprofessional situations he's been in in the world of media. But I was like, do I add to these stories or do I keep this going? Because it is going well. But I was like, oh, man, we're talking about college hoops because he played college basketball. That's where my head was, too, if I had just walked in. Right. So here we are. Both of us are looking out for each other. Yeah. Looking out for him. But honestly, all of us were expecting you to walk in. Give you a hard time, and then we could talk about some fun. Because there's a great story about him playing basketball with Xavier McDaniel. Right.
2: Because as soon as I see Steve, he tells me that, and I go, "Damn it! I, I was ready. I was going to." He's a shocker. And Steve's like, "What?" I go, "He went to Wichita State." And he goes, "Dude, we would you say?" You go, "We talked about Wichita State for ten minutes." I was yes. like, "Yes,
1: gee, like come on." You talk about playing basketball with Xavier McDaniel, like, yeah. like at midnight with X Man. Yeah, and absolutely, it's a great. Spoiler: alert, It's in the interview. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I heard. That like you, that Xavier McDaniel in a way predicted that you'd become a wrestler, and he shares this great story about how like you know, he was at Wichita. He's like, "Dude, yeah, I'm going to go pro." And Xavier McDaniel was just like, "You're going to get cut by another team from another country. You're not that good." He's like, "You should become a wrestler." He's like, "I'm not going to become a wrestler." He's like, "No, you should become a wrestler. You're so big. Look, you had long hair at the time. He's like, You should be like. You should go in there and become like the son of Andre the Giant, going in there to avenge his death.' Fast forward X amount of years." Right, and that's that's what they did. He became the Giant, the son of the Andre the Giant, all predicted by Xavier McDaniel. That's wild. I was like,
2: Xavier what? McDaniel was a wild dude, too. Yes. I mean, he has just <laughs> stories. You, you could have been went into that part. And, <laughs> and
1: like, as we were talking, I knew this story, and I was saving it solely to tee you up, because I know you love college sports. Yeah. I was like, here's a great story. I was like, I'm going like, to be like, you know, Paul, tell Ted about the time that you... Met Xavier McDaniel and he said you're gonna become a pro wrestler. I'm like, there's my spot, like, I could dip out. And now it's like (laughs) Ted and Ted and Paul could bond over some stuff. You know, I'm always thinking like that. We're talking about cars, he's talking about NASCAR. I'm like, this is a perfect spot, dude. It would have been the perfect interview for you, Ted. I
2: know that's what makes it even
1: worse. Uh, And you there. number one, right? I'm
2: bummed, but then right, oh, I'm over there. I'm just like, this is uncomfortable. I don't know what to do. So finally, Uh, after like two minutes, I was like, ah, I'm just not gonna barge it because I just. I don't, I wasn't
1: sure. I wish you would just walk close enough so I could be like,
2: get it. I tried, here. like, I see yeah. that's thing. I didn't see your first hand signal. And then I tried, but every time I looked over, like, tr- like you were like talking. So that's why I was like, Honestly, I was like, "Ah, screw it." He's in the flow. I don't yeah. want to mess up the flow. Oh
1: man, it's a, an unfortunate thing.
2: Unfortunate. I'm, I'm sure it's still a great interview. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. you know, kidding. It's, yeah, it's you good. seemed
1: pumped when you were done. Yeah, he was awesome. He's yeah. a storyteller. That's it just makes it worse. Yeah. and I wasn't right. I was only late because they showed up early. I, that's the most infuriating part. I'm like, Ted is late because he's early. Like this makes like no, like because I walked in and I go the one
2: time a guest is early because it like. Never. Don't get me wrong. A lot of them will show up right on
1: time. Yeah. But it is just rare that people show up that early. Sometimes they're 10 minutes early. Right. And that's even like, what do we do for the next 10 minutes? Like, how do we handle this? Like, I'm not used to somebody being, you know, you're not used to them. Because he was over an hour early. Yeah. Like, for instance, an like, hour and like <laughs> Scott, right? We both know Scott
2: to put on Cantana Fest and all yep. that. Like, when he brought in Sean Kemp, they showed up like, Half hour early. And it was almost like awkward as I was like, Man, Sean, I hate to tell you this, but you're just gonna have to kind of chill for me. And he right. was like he was super cool. He's like, Oh, no worries. Right. Blah blah blah. But you're right, that was shocking they
1: were that early. I feel like it's like that's what we do as radio people. We always downplay it, what we do for a living and we like we feel bad. We're like, I'm so sorry you have to wait a half hour for us. But it's yeah. like they would do that for, you know, uh Jimmy Fallon. I mean, Grant went on that level, but you know what I mean. You're right. Uh, yeah. And
2: generally, look, that's the other thing too, It's <laughs> like that's
1: just one wrestler I know. I know. And I was sitting there last night after my podcast going over his Wikipedia. I was like, all right, I'm ready. I had a great story about meeting Michael Jordan, who recognized him. I was like, oh, there's, throughout the entire interview, I was like, Ted would love this story. And I'm like, well, I, and I see you right there. I'm like, Ted would totally love this story. And like, I We're like know. a bad couple. We are. We are. We have to learn communication. <laughs> you would think by now. Why a-
2: did you save me, honey? I didn't want him hitting on me.
1: <laughs> I thought you liked it. I thought you liked his right. back row. That's basically what we're doing right now. I didn't want to interrupt you. I wanted you to interrupt. I Now I'm so you know, mad. I, I'll make dinner and do the dishes tonight, honey. Fine. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do we dare do a quick TED Talk? I don't have one written. <laughs> Show up on time. Oh, yeah, I can run you through sports real quick. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a little sports, right. and then we'll talk to Paul White. You know him as the Big Show, and now he's part of All Elite Wrestling, and they're going to be here this weekend.
0: Spanning <laughs> the
2: globe to bring you the constant variety of sport, the thrill of victory, and the agony of defeat. Yep. This is the
0: Ted Smiths. The wide world of sports brought to you by Smith
1: Family Popcorn. Good people, great popcorn.
2: Uh, let's see. Mariners update. I haven't checked their record right now. Here's the deal. If you Mariners saying, they got to win out. Yes. They right. have to. They right I I it's not like sorta, like they basically they got to do what? You got to beat the you got to beat the Astros today, right? Today's Wednesday, so they have one more with the Astros?
1: They have, yeah, they lost the first one. They won yesterday. Incredible win yesterday. That was awesome. It was. I thought they were going to try to give it away there at the I end. I know, dude. I got so nervous. <laughs> Even though they were up like, what was it, like 6-1 or something like that? Right. And they then 6-2. So you got to beat the Astros today, and then you're going to have to sweep four games from the Rangers. Who own you this season. Who just swept the Mariners last weekend. Who haven't only lost once all season against the Mariners.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, I, it's fun that it's the end of the year they're still around, but I just I don't
1: think they have the arms or the I don't I'm not sure they have the bats for it either. It's in it's it frustrating that Yeah, man, like I think you can win these. This, you can win tonight. You win tonight. You got okay. Now you've moved up. I think you've now jumped ahead of the Astros for the wild card spot. I believe you're a half game behind them right now.
2: I thought it was just division at this point. I I keep getting confused. No, there's still hope for wild cards. Is there? Yeah, All right. right. So,
1: and I know, like, I didn't want to say Texas did lose last night. So Texas lost. It. The Blue Jays lost. That's important as well because right. they're another one of the wild card teams. So you really need you need to beat the Astros. You gotta hope for at least two of the four games against Texas to win. Otherwise, I mean. Right, that's what was disappointing about last weekend. Yeah, like, just like man, you ha- you just had to get a couple, just a couple. Now you got to play them four times, which Correct. could work out to their advantage. It could. I don't I could. look. So. I hope I am wrong. I I hope so too. I hope I I I, I predicted that they're going to make the playoffs in a bet versus BJ. I don't think I'm going to win that bet. I really hope I win it. A, that way I don't have to pay for breakfast. But then that means that the Mariners are going into the world into the playoffs.
2: If you do lose, which I hope you don't, I say you go breakfast burritos. Breakfast
1: burritos. Oh, you always go breakfast burritos, don't you? You know what, man? Being the plant-based weirdo that I am, it's too much of a pain in the deed to even figure it out, so I just get a big-ass coffee. <laughs> I don't even enjoy breakfast. Well, I mean, what do you, no, what do you buy for, isn't the bet that you have to buy the rest of the show? Starbucks. Oh, just Starbucks. Yeah, it's okay. right, It's right. right downstairs. So it's, it's, it's not that, it's not, it's not a process. No one has to drive to go get it. It's simple. Everyone gets gets whatever they want from you go, Starbucks. I see you go over the top. <laughs> just figure out a way to get, like, even if you don't eat one, just, like, you
2: just get them, like, awesome breakfast burritos. And honestly, shout out to my brother. He's a prince of all. I was there, like, the beginning. I was like, what was it, last year? Or Maybe it was this year. And I was like, ooh, you got leftover breakfast burritos? He's like, I had to get a bunch for school. We had to do something with the teachers. Uh-huh. And he goes, I would offer to get different stuff. They all love these burritos. So I just go get these. I'm like, that's hilarious. Nice. So the Mariners, there's the Mariners. Sounders actually won a game last week. They got a new crest. I like it. Actually, it looks pretty cool. I'm just, I'm so used to the one we had in
1: MLS. I'm just like, yep. there's a lot of history there. But actually, it looks dope. It looks cool. It looks really good on like, I just, the mock-ups on the jersey. Just, just don't change it again. No. Just stick with it. Do you think it's weird that they unveiled their new logo for their new uniforms While they're still playing right now with this season, like why wouldn't you wait till the off season to then unveil it and be like now they're available and then when next time you see them play they'll be wearing these? You know what I mean? It's an odd time to just unveil the jerseys or the logo. Yeah, I haven't really thought about
2: that one. I think maybe you. Yeah, right. Maybe it's to help sell merch
1: or the old stuff this year. I guess. I get it while well, it's still here. Yes. Because the players are still wearing the old jerseys. Correct. So, I yeah. mean, I, I don't know why. But it does look cool. I like the for, uh, the uh, Orca uh, kicking the ball with the tail. Yeah. I like that. And I'm glad he's back. Yeah.
2: Uh, also, frankly, I'm just glad everybody likes it. I was I was waiting for, usually Sounders Twitter can be a, a lot of uh, talk at S, But everybody seems to like it, so I'm like, cool.
1: Yeah, I've seen a couple of negative ones. But for the most part, people are like, either like, eh, all right. Or people are like I like, and I'm I'm not a huge Sounders fan, but like I'm like that is a cool looking. It's just simple and it looks good. I mean, look, I
2: American soccer is a little different. As an Arsenal fan, you're kind of used to the crest, just kind of look. But when you go back through history, there has been subtle changes to it over time. Sure. So I guess it's not that crazy. Uh, let's see, Seahawks, nice win. Yes, right. They're getting healthy. Should have one of the tackles back this week. Uh, Jamal Adams has been cleared to be a full participant in practice. <laughs> Monday Night
1: Football. Man. Monday Night
2: Football. Kind of ironic because they're playing the Giants. Yes. Remember when I was a Washington fan? You were a Giants fan. No more. Yeah. Look <laughs> at us, both rooting against our old teams. <laughs> I know. And then the main thing I want to bring up. Also, shout out to the Cougs. They're ranked to the top twenty-five. They took down Oregon State. Their quarterback is awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now put that aside. Because Saturday night, Steve, I went and watched Washington Huskies <laughs> play football. Yes, I, that might be the best college football team I've seen with my own eyes. They are really, they are that good. Michael Pennick, thats what I'm saying. The kid out of Washington State—I can't remember—is uh, it Cam Ward or not Cam? Something. He's—he's he's very Ward's a goalie, right? He's, he's very good. Pennix in that offense is just on another level, right? Penix is going to play on on Sundays. You got two wide receivers that are going to play on Sundays on that team currently, if not more. You got a defensive edge who's going to play on Sundays, and I want to say they have a deep. Washington is just that good. And look, they played Cal, and I get it. But like, you got to keep in mind, I don't think Penix has played in a fourth quarter in the last couple games, and he's still putting up crazy That's numbers. Saying, I mean, like, was it the big Penix Energy the shirts that they were selling? Yeah, I mean, right, the tailgate was great. Went to a couple different ones. We were having fun. What'd you eat? Uh first tailgate actually uh shout out to Mike they had some room sausage and then his buddy uh marinates a bunch of like uh kind of like a I don't know what steak is that like you know like the flat. Like a flank steak Yeah just kind of flat and thin yeah. he marinates them overnight I that's my style of tailgate right they like that's just—I mean, don't get me wrong. There's women there too. Usually, there's some kids, but that's just, my kind of tell me No
1: broads. I was like, just, no children. But
2: just—you know what I mean? There's more than enough beer. We brought—we brought extra beer. Just men and meat. Yeah, and they just. They don't put it on rolls. They there's a couple rolls there if you want them. The, like they just cut and they're Take like, it. "Will you please eat some?" You know me. I'm yeah. like, like especially now with all the like, got up the protein. I'm like, I don't mind at all. Yeah,
1: did so you don't have to twitch my arm?
2: Right. So then we go to a second tailgate down there on E1, right on the edge where everybody's got to walk by. That was great. We were. I wanted to get into the stadium to see like the pregame stuff. We didn't. They, obviously. kick. Everybody's having fun. The line at 7.15 to get in was massive. Oh, I can only imagine. And then we had seats way
1: up at the 300s, man. How's the view, though? It's got to be good.
2: The view was good. That is just the highest I've sat in a stadium in a while. Yeah. And look, I won't lie. Between tailgating, standing around, walking all those stairs, I was like, man, I'm happy to sit down. But by the time we got to our seats, they were up 14-0 off a punt return. In a in a pick six, so then we're like, this is unreal. <laughs> the offense hasn't even really started yet. Right? Penix comes out, and we're like, all right, here we go. And I mean, just precision down the field, boom, 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 Tutty. I was just like, it's unreal. And then they just kept scoring. So if I, I mean, by the time the third quarter kicked off, like half the stadium's empty, and now I'm like, am I? And and to my buddy's credit, he's an alumni. He's like, I think we should save the second half. And I said, well, look, it's. It's pissing rain. Luckily, we were undercover. I know. I want to watch that F one race. Like, just hop on the light rail. Like, we'll come get you. But I'm like, I'm gonna bail. And then he's like, Oh my god, you're right. And like, by the time we got to the light rail, I mean, it was shoulder to shoulder. Like everybody, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, that game was out of hand. And like, I, I don't blame people for leaving. But like, yeah, it was, it was, it was wild. I mean, that I just, bad. I can't get over how good that team is.
1: Damn. Do you think so? So what are we looking at for Pennix? Like, is he a top five draft pick next year? I mean, the only person I would put above him right
2: now is Caleb Williams down mm-hmm. at SC because he's the reigning Heisman Trophy winner and just is that good. But yeah, I, somebody's going to be super happy to have Michael Pennix. Yeah. Like, he'll be a top ten pick. That's impressive. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That that team is good. DeBoer, shout out to DeBoer. He so he, when he was at Indiana, I believe coaching. That's when he recruited Pennix. They built a relationship. When he got this job, Pennix came out with him. And that guy's just a winner. Like, he hasn't coached at the biggest schools, but I heard a stat this morning. It's like, look, if he takes over your program, they win. And just, and also, like, Washington State's good this year. It's just, man, Washington just,
1: again, just my eyes. They just seem like they're on another That's level. That's got to piss off all the Cougs. They're just like, we're finally, we got the team. Yeah. Oh, crap. They've got a monster team. Yeah, and yeah.
2: the Pac-12, it's so crazy. That conference is falling apart, right? Because you got you got what? I mean, Oregon's super good. Yep. SC's still top 10. Maybe everyone together is U- holding each other back. Utah, I don't think, has lost a game yet. It's unreal. This is like the dominant year for that conference, and it, it's exploding. That is hilarious. Now, look, I don't mind that much because SC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington are coming into the Big Ten, so it's like, that'll make us look better. Yeah. Also, Terps are 4-0. I don't know who we. I don't know who we. What we got to do to get ranked? <laughs> Hopefully, we'll beat up on Indiana this week, and then we have Ohio State. But Damn. five and zero, oh, I hope would get us a ranking going into Ohio State. That's going to be a national TV game. So you're not ranked yet. No, we're just outside. Okay, but, but like we. The problem is like we get off to slow starts, but every game we've won by at least fourteen points. Damn. Yeah, so it's like, they're not bad. They just, I don't know, because I watched the Maryland game before I went to the Husky game. <laughs> There's just little times where it's like, come on, Maryland.
1: Like, just make that last play. Step on their necks. Like, we threw a pick yep. in the end zone. I was like, God damn it. It's so funny. Like, as a fan, like I just want to see my team win. But like when it comes to rankings, like they need to like be just dominant forces. They need to just, like, bitch slap every single team that they're going up against. And I'm just like, well, they won the game. It's not going, being 4-0, shouldn't that be enough for everybody? But it's not.
2: Right. And like, look, when I watch the Hawks games, when there's stuff going on good, I'm loud. But I had a couple of buddies over that were gonna come tailgate with us during the Maryland game. And I was like, dude, you gotta move out in front of the TV when you're talking. And they're like, you all right? And I'm like, oh, you never watched a Maryland game with you, have you? And they're like, no. And I'm like, this is a different level of intensity, and I'm so used to it's us. It's a religious experience. Right. I'm so used to us not being such a solid program that I'm like, yeah. and now I'm like defending. They're like, well, they're not nationally known. And I'm like, well, we're not, but we gotta play F effing- and Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, every year in our division. So yep. it's like, we win the games generally we should the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, it's just you're playing a, a bunch of powerhouses. We got to knock off one of those big three this Let's year. Let's go. This Hopefully is the year. bastards from Penn State. Yeah. F them. F them. I hate them. F them all. <laughs> all
2: right. <laughs> That's mostly sports. It was dope watching F1 after they game Did you two. see,
1: real quick, uh, did you see the 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 fan that threw a ball at George Kirby, the pitcher for the Mariners? All right. I I
2: I saw last. I was recording my podcast, so yep. I saw the highlights. My theory is,
1: is he didn't know what he was doing. I, that's. I believe you are right. I think from what everything I sounds like, it sounds like he thought he was he caught a foul ball and he thought the tradition was to throw it back into the crowd. Right. Because like a lot of parks do this now, but traditionally it was Fenway
2: and those bleacher bums where the yep. Cubs play. If an opposing team hit it over there, Wrigley. Wrigley, or Wrigley yeah. right? I said Fenway. Yeah. My bad. No, Thank I know you. what you mean, though. Right? They would throw it back onto the
1: field. Yep. But not foul ball. Not a foul ball, and yeah, not like a random one when the pitcher's about to throw another pitch. Like here's the the play by play was just great. Pitch count is in good shape for Kirby. Yep. Scott. Oh boy. Get this picture there. What happened? Did somebody get thrown on the field? Yeah. Somebody threw a ball on the field and it hit Kirby. That is ridiculous. We can confirm that came from the stands, a hundred percent. Yeah, and then they show the fan. And he's wearing like the City Connect jersey, I know, of course. The Kelnick number. I on saw. The ba- it,
2: I saw his mom chewing him out.
1: It was, I don't think that was his mom. I saw some oh, people. Really? Say, it looked like I think it was a person that works for the uh, for T-Mobile Park. Oh, okay. Because like, the whole time though, he had like this look on his hands, like "What did I do wrong?" Right. So at first,
2: I saw people being like, "He's just doing it for." Uh, TikTok or this or that, and I'm like, well, that would be pretty dumb if you're actually yeah. – uh, maybe he's not a Mariners fan. But then this morning, I saw some more things. I'm like, yeah, if that's a teenager that just kind of effed up, like, I, I agree. You throw him out of the game.
1: But, like, I don't know that we have to ban him for life. No. And I know the TBS announcer are like, ban him for life. I'm like, oh, he doesn't look like he knows what he did was wrong. Granted, stupid. And, like, also, why are you throwing it at the pitcher? And I don't know if you <laughs> saw the video, but Kirby – and I know – It was probably unnerving because all of a sudden you just feel something hit your like your stomach or graze by your stomach. Yeah, his face looked like he got shot. Like he looked like oh, and I'm like, did it really or was it just? I think it was more just panic. It's the shock. Yeah, just right. Like the funniest face. Right, because at no point would you expect a ball to come out of nowhere. And I'm like, uh, service is like, what the hell just happened? Everyone, I guess Kirby thought it was the umpire and threw it at him. And he's like, why the hell is the umpire throwing And then he realized it was some kid. He's like, yeah, that's messed up. But hey, the kid got a pretty good arm. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm i dying to know what the end of that story is. I want to know from that kid. Like, yeah, what exactly were you thinking? Was it an innocent thing or were you just trying to be funny? <laughs> so crazy. I, well, I was watching it live when that happened. And I was like, what the hell just happened? And then i and it was weird, also, because like if a streaker streaks on a field, they cut away; they don't show. They it. They cut right. They. But in this situation, bothers me out. I know me too. I kind of want to see. I hate it, <laughs> especially in college games. Like somebody's just running on the field, like show it, show it. But I get the argument: oh, we don't want to encourage people doing this. But then you got this guy; he just threw a baseball at the pitcher for the Mariners, and they're showing six different replays of it. And I'm like, are we? Do you want to encourage this kind of behavior? I'd much rather an idiot streak the field and get tackled than people throwing balls at the starting pitcher for the Mariners. All
2: right. Also, have you seen the DJ Dallas's uh,
1: yes photos going crazy?
2: And yes. it's like, right, but he he stole it from uh, the Kraken dude. Yeah. And and I
1: just think that's hilarious. Like, right, in Seattle, it was funny. And then I still be like, hey, this guy's like, I saw like five national articles on it. Yeah. And everyone's like, I, even the announcers, when they first said that, like, you won't believe his picture. And I'm like, yeah, they don't know the context to this. The context makes it even funnier, and they thought it was funny. But I'm like, he's just, hes, he's, he's his homie's were, uh, Brandon Tanev, and he was doing a right. Brandon Tanev pose. Also, they're back in action. I, dude, yeah. They played two games on the same night against Calgary. Did they? Yeah, it was a split squad game. They played at the oh, pledge, right. and they played at the Saddle Dome. They won in Calgary. They lost in Seattle. All right, I was so confused. Yeah. Watching that on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because one minute they're winning, the other one they're like, no, they're losing. And I'm like, we decided. And then, I right, and then the one going to overtime? The Seattle one went to overtime, we lost. And then the, the Calgary one, I think we won like 5 3. Right.
2: But it's also, this is what I tell people all the time best time of year, right? When yep. you get into October, every major sport's going, yep. right? F1, EPL going as well. You'll have playoff baseball. Football's in full yep. swing. Like, right by the end of October, I think the
1: NHL or uh, NBA actually are playing games, yes, too. Yes, 100%. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's great. And Kraken, and they're going to have a, a John Forslund bobblehead night. Nice. I, I know. I'm like, Danny, we're going to that one. It's like on a weeknight, like a Thursday night, they're giving away John Forslund bobbleheads. I'm like, we have to be there for that. Oh. I thought
2: it was funny. The other night, I was walking uh, from the light rail and... And I was going to go, uh, what was it? I was going to pop into Nordstrom Rack real quick to, like, look at jackets. And then I'm walking by the Kraken practice facility, and it, it didn't dawn on me that it was, like, opening night for, like, but I'm wearing my Kraken hat, and I'm Perfect. like, right, I'm, like, you know, like, giving head nods and stuff. And then when I realized what night it was, I was like, oh, Jesus, I'm glad I didn't run into a player. And we were like, yeah, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> you like the Kraken, too? Yeah, all of a sudden, I'm Canadian, too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry, I didn't know you were on the team. F boys, what are you doing?
0: Uh, all right. right, well there you all go. Right. That's gonna be a long you know, one.
1: In order to start off this great month of, of sports, we first got to get through this weekend, Ted, and the ultimate sport, sport, professional wrestling. Yes, Saturday at Climate Pledge Arena, Sunday at Climate Pledge Arena, the big pay per view, all elite wrestling. Are I, you wrestling? I think I don't know if I'm wrestling. I'm. You'll being, be there. I'm. From what I'm told, I'm. A, I'm an extra talent for the Saturday night collision. I all still right. haven't gotten my email with all the info, but I'm told that I'm a part of it. That doesn't mean I'm gonna to get to wrestle. But if there's a chance I am and you're there, please take pictures and please tag me at I'm Steve Miggs because it's a memory that I'll never forget, obviously. Yeah, but I for want sure. those pictures and fingers crossed I will get to wrestle at Climate Pledge Arena. I've also just got the actual invite. I am officially invited to work the Portland dynamite show that's happening in November. Nice. I know, dude. That was kind of cool because I didn't even add, I didn't even hit them up about that. Like out of the blue, the guy who runs all the extra talent just emailed me He's like, "Hey, you've been invited to to work Ollie uh, Wrestling in, in November. It's on a Wednesday, so I got to get some time off from work, but I'll make that happen." Nice. Yeah. All right. So, well, bringing this all up because, well, Paul White, he's now become truly like an ambassador. Yeah. For, for, and he's, I think he's waiting for us outside. So, Ted, if you wouldn't mind stepping out. Yeah, I'll get out of here. You run this interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got this. No, no weirdness. We've been yeah. keeping him waiting. He's, he's, he's been waiting for a while. I know. It's late. We're running late now. He looks Sorry. angry. He's, he's, he's a big man. He's, he's Paul White from All Elite Wrestling next here on the Megacast. This weekend, AEW Collision's going to be happening on Saturday. We have WrestleDream, the big pay-per-view that's happening on Sunday. All the information's at com. And I can't believe I'm very excited to have Paul White here in studio with me. Paul, thank you for taking some time out to swing in. Anyway, thanks for
0: having me. Good morning, <laughs> Seattle! And I probably <laughs> just blew your whole microphone out. Your your I, producer guy in the back just went, what the heck oh, was that? Oh, he's flipping you off right now. It's like the I saw the picture on
1: your Instagram of the guy smiling behind you. Did, My that producer's that was... cursing you out behind you. Yeah, that's it, the whole thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, that picture on Instagram, I was just I was I said, Oh, I need to do a post because I'm terrible at posting. Mm-hmm. And so I take the picture and I'm like, Well, I'll just smile. That guy's serious. And as I smiled, he smiled at the exact same time. This guy's name is Craig. He's from Atlanta. And I told him the next time we come through Atlanta, I'm gonna get him tickets. I got his number. It was just such a good human being reaction yes. on the silliest thing. It was a photo bomb, but I got the joke. He was great. He made me laugh. I mean, you know, it just gave me uh, confidence. I are just fun, good people out there.
1: I was also awesome, because it's at at Paul White on your Instagram. Yeah. And at first when I saw the picture, I'm like, oh, so who's the dude behind? I was like zooming in because I didn't read the caption. first. Yeah. So I'm thinking, who is he with AEW? A- He's got to yeah. be a part of the crew. Yeah. And then I read the, the blurb and I'm like, that just made this picture a million times yeah. already a cool picture, but it just got even better.
0: Just a photo bomb, yeah, and just the way he played the photo bomb off, and it was my fault too because I'm I sure probably framed it differently, mm-hmm. you know. But sometimes I like shooting the plane or sitting on a plane. It's just I think it's just funny to see me sitting in an airplane. But the guy Craig was was awesome, and his son's a big fan, and. And he leaned forward. He says, "Yeah, I told my son, my son flipped out that you put that on Instagram." I said, "I got you, bud. It's all good. I like my fans, unlike some people." Some famous people, <laughs> I actually like my fans. So. Oh, and I'm sure you have a few. Uh, uh, I got a couple. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got Craig for sure. You know.
1: see yes, if, I got Craig one, Let's see if I can build
0: up to two. We'll yeah, Steve in it.
1: Seattle, Craig in Atlanta. Yeah, there you good. go. That's um, all you have. What um, are some memories that pop into mind? You've been to Seattle a bunch of times over the years. When you get on the plane, I don't know, I, whenever I go somewhere and I've had some great memories, so they start kind of coming back into my head as I'm on the plane starting
0: to land. Do you have any of those? Yeah, Seattle, I always think about Key Arena. Yeah. I, I did a lot of wars in Key Arena, and I actually have done a lot of, uh, I've got a friend of mine out here. I'm out tonight, or else I would have called him. But there's a very good friend of mine, Pete Parsons, mm-hmm. who uh, runs uh, over at Destiny Games. Oh, okay. You know, and uh, Pete and I are are good car buddies. He's got some, some classic cars that are just absolutely mint. And uh, Pete and I always catch up every now and then. Hey, you got to come out. We got to come lunch. If he's coming to Florida, we'll do mm-hmm. lunch. And I am the bad friend today. And uh, I did not reach out to Pete, so Pete Parsons. I'm sorry. I'll <laughs> catch up with you next time.
1: So, are you a car show type of person? Do you go to the car shows? I, I, did, I did. I uh, did.
0: Well, Meekham was in Florida. Oh, okay. You know what I mean. So yeah, I've done some of the car shows. I've got some, had some classic cars. I've had, uh, um, I've had a '71 Super B, a '71 Cuda convertible. I've had a, a, a Bentley a two door Mulliner. Um, Bentley. Um, I've had, uh, let's see, right now the only two cars I have, classic cars. I mean, I've had muscle cars and fast cars. I've had a Benz and a Bentley that were pretty quick. I have a Viper truck now, a 2005 oh, awesome. two-door black Viper truck that has about 14,000 miles on it. That's, wow. Yeah, but that's a six-speed Viper engine stuff in the truck, and I actually fit in it, so it's fine. <laughs> and I have a uh, 1966 Uh, Hemi Charger. It's a triple black Hemi Charger that uh, actually is a great story. I got the Hemi Charger from John Cena. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a a whole story there. I won't do all the personal rigmarole uh, about how I got it, but just know that- uh, Does he know you have it? (laughs) uh, Yes. (laughs) He he knows I have it. And he was a a very gracious gentleman and uh, pretty much Considering what the car is worth, he pretty much gifted it to me. Wow! I wanted that '67 Charger since I was about 12 years old because I always like. It's not the Duke's a Hazard Charger. It's a. It's one of the first years. It's the ones that really took over the NASCAR circuit with Richard Petty back in the day, and uh, it's got the longer slope rear window, and I just. It's got very straight lines and. Everybody has their own personal opinion on cars, but that 66 Charger to me has always been very sexy. Mm -hmm. And uh, John had one, and um, we were talking about it. And then, you know, just being the kind of guy he is, um, I got it uh, at a great price. And yeah, he's I, just a good dude.
1: I went to my first car show just recently. I oh, yeah? put it on and I never, I was like, I wonder what it's even like. I never experienced it. And then I realized within minutes, I was like, I get it now. It's like people that are very proud of their cars and they just want people to come and look at them. And I was well, like, it's fun. art. It's art. Yeah, so it's,
0: you don't really, oh, there's a car. But when you get into some of the classic cars and some of the the rebuilds and some of the ground up restorations, whether it, it's like frame up, bolt up restorations or, uh, the all original ones that every clip, every uh, everything in the car is factory original from the type of foam in the seat to the original sticker. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an art to it. Like, you know, if you can collect coins, if you can collect... Um, Pokemon, right, right? you know, whatever yeah. you're into, it's the same thing. And those that appreciate the craftsmanship and the attention to detail, which I really appreciate the attention to detail. And, mm-hmm. and even some of the modified car shows where they, the paint jobs and the work they do yep. with the framing and the Chrome, it's like, it's just like, wow, I never would have thought of that. But now that I've seen it, That's the only way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. uh, uh, It's a lot of fun, and most car people are pretty cool. I've never been more fearful though. Bringing my my daughter's almost four,
1: having a toddler walking around these nice cars with these nice paint jobs, and she doesn't understand that. Well, I'm like, please do not touch any of these cars. What
0: you got to do is is you got to tell her she's got to be. You got to get her a pair, little pair of white gloves.
1: Yes, I you know, should have done
0: that. Yeah, a little pair of white cloth gloves. Mm-hmm. And then, because, you know, kids are going to want to touch. And some car guys are kind of cool, as long as, like, mm. you know, your kid hasn't stuck her finger in her nose before she <laughs> sticks it in the
1: car. Yeah, there was one guy, a couple, they were like, does she want to sit in the car? I'm like, yeah. If you'll let her, of course she does. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that's great. And that's the thing, you know, if you can do something like that with your daughter, that's, that's a great bonding moment because the rest of her life, she'll never forget going to a car show with her dad. So they're good for you for being a good dad and creating that moment. Oh, dude, so that's all I try and do now. Another great moment to taking your kids to go see wrestling, too.
1: Yes. How do you like that segue? I, dude, you are smooth <laughs> like butter. And I was about that's to say, like, dude, here we are. We're talking about Key Arena. Now we've got Climate Pledge Arena. Climate and Pledge Arena. And you sure. were there for the last one. Yes, I was. And what was your thoughts? And
0: Because, dude, the place was packed. It's gorgeous. Compared yeah. to, like, Key Arena. And Key Arena had so much history in there, you yep. know? But it was kind of a... It was a little rough yes. backstage. It, it was rough. I mean, I don't know... Like, everybody talks about how beautiful Madison Square Garden is, but Madison Square Garden, the only good thing about Madison Square Garden is the crowd and the prestige that comes with it. But other than that, it's, the garden's a dump. Yes.
1: I grew up in New York. I know exactly what you mean. Yes. So, yes.
0: It's like, it's a dump to get into. It's a dump to compete in. Um, The crowd's amazing. The atmosphere is amazing. But uh, Climate Pledge Arena was like, wow, this is really nice. like, the showers are really nice. Like it's like this is a luxurious locker room. Like when you're backstage, you know you won't you. It's always a nice treat to be in a uh, a nice arena. And I I thought that some of the AEW talent that never got a chance to work at Key Arena. I'm like, oh, you guys are spoiled. You don't know you, you don't know what hard times really <laughs> is. You know about hard times. There are locker
1: rooms upon locker rooms upon locker rooms. Yeah, it's it like kind yeah, of you want,
0: to, you want to go find a quiet spot and chill and be with mm-hmm. your own thoughts. You you have that. You know so. uh Great great for Seattle to uh, to get that tremendous venue and I'm sure it's uh, gonna be exciting for us this weekend.
1: Oh, last time it was it was phenomenal, just the crowd reaction, the, the vibe in there and I, I highly recommend anyone who's never I always say this, even if you're not a wrestling fan, and obviously I am, and, and I, I wanna make sure my daughter grows up enjoying it as well, but you go to one of the live AEW events and you're gonna just experience something that's on a whole other level. It's it's a, a type of performance, a type of art that really encapsulates a lot of different types of performances and art, but on a whole nother... I, I, I've always been so impressed by the, the production and then the performance from the wrestlers as well.
0: Uh, same thing, same thing with me. I think uh, I have the same um, fantasy love for wrestling. I mean, here's the thing: I wouldn't be in this business as long as I have if I'm not a fan, right? You know, and I love to see, especially now because I'm looking, I'm looking at it from behind the camera versus being a fan. So I look at it differently now. when you see all the people backstage that put all the work in and how that big machine rolls together and the talent. And then you see families out there having fun. Yep. Uh, You know, people screaming for their favorites and booing for their favorites and uh, getting wrapped up in the drama and the presentation. And that's such a great thing, especially in today's world where everything is so fast-paced, to get quality entertainment that makes you... uh, that gets you emotionally invested is is, uh, is a cool deal.
1: Well, do you have a favorite memory of just like the interaction with kids at a wrestling show? Because I feel um, like that's, that's when it really gets to be a lot of fun to watch the, how they the kind of k- get sucked in.
0: The kids are cool. Um, you know, there's been so many matches over the years. Uh, I remember one time uh, wrestling was a triple threat. It was me versus Kurt Angle versus JBL. And we were overseas and... The kid had made uh, a poster uh, um, uh, of me, and it was a good poster. And uh, Kurt Angle was a bad guy at the time. And Kurt Angle uh, rolled out of the ring and snatched the kid's poster and tore it in half. <laughs> and I really thought Kurt Angle was going to be crucified in the middle of that ring. Like, the entire atmosphere changed. Because Kurt is one of the best wrestlers ever, Olympic right. gold medalist. Uh, incredible comedic time in and when he tore that poster we were overseas in Europe and when he tore that poster you know I I want I I don't remember where we were but we were like Prague or somewhere that you might want to pay attention to what you're doing okay you know and when he tore that poster it was like ooh, wow okay (laughs) you know I mean it worked out well of course you know uh, like any company when some of the heels do that. I mean, you know, the MJF is really good at, at razzing it up with them, uh, with the fans. But you'll what you don't see um, off-camera is the uh, marketing team and the uh, merchandise team running to make sure that that, that fan has a great experience. Because if they're going to make you a part of the show, they're going to make it a moment that you'll never forget. That oh, so, makes sense. Yeah. That's a cool thing about wrestling because you can really um, – Make those events and and the audience is the, you know, if there's two guys in the match or two gals in the match and a referee, you know, the audience is there too. They're 100%. part of it. They know the sayings, they know the talent, and, and they get to be a part of it.
1: I always say it's one of the few forms of entertainment where you're encouraged to be vocal and loud and
0: boo the people you don't
1: like and cheer the people you do like. But it's not like when you go to a baseball game nowadays where sometimes if you're being a little too loud and you're booing the other team, there might be an usher coming over and be like, hey, tone it down. That's what I always love about it. Because
0: those multi-million dollar athletes get sensitive as somebody yells at them.
1: I got to ask you, speaking of baseball, so yesterday there was a big talk with uh, the Mariners because George Kirby, the pitcher, at some point there was a foul ball, went to the crowd, one of the fans... I guess didn't realize how things work and took the ball and threw it back, but hit the pitcher from mm. the stands, mm. and everyone was just kind of freaking out because it's like, well, yeah, you can't be throwing a baseball as a fan at the pitcher that's playing in the game with the Mariners, and they escorted him out. But do you remember anything that's been strange that's been thrown at you while you've been in the oh ring? I got to gosh, imagine. Dude, you I, could wrestled, write a
0: laundry list. I wrestled in the Attitude Era. Yes. You know, I've I've seen Seas drinks, of bottles, chairs, mm-hmm. uh, everything. Um, I'm trying to think. There was one match with Jericho um, where there was a. Um, it's like the scene from Caddyshack with the Baby Ruth candy bar. Okay. But it was a Metrex protein bar. Okay. Chocolate one. <laughs> oh no. And it was again. It was overseas in Europe. But uh, I think some knew, some did know it was a Metrex bar, but it was in the ring and nobody was picking it up. But even when you're taking bumps and moving around closer to it's it. moving around oh, so no. the the protein bar was getting its own reaction, like oh, <laughs> oh you know, somebody would take a body slam too close to it, then see where they were and freak out and run away from it. So um, yeah, that's that's the funny one. I think the awkward ones are like when back in the old days when you would get undergarments thrown in the ring. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, you know, the the bras and all that stuff was fun. Then you get a giant pair of some dude's boxer shorts. You're like, what's going on here? <laughs> like, thanks, man, but no thanks. Like, <laughs> right. You know, like, come on. Did you come with this? Did you take it off? What's going on? Yeah, like, I don't, don't want to know what's going on. I'm right. not going to look that way. I'm not looking that There's way. There's too many questions I don't want answers to. I don't to. need answers to. I go <laughs> yeah. the rest of my life, and, and still to this day, I don't have the answers for that, and I'm okay with it. Uh, we're here with Paul White. Paul, I, I do. Coming here to
1: Seattle, and you mentioned the Key Arena. That's a place where the Sonics, you know, obviously made their name over the years. And you recently, I heard in an interview, and I would love for you to share with our audience, because obviously we have a lot of people who love the Sonics, love the x Man, which is uh,
0: yes. Xavier
1: McDaniel. And I heard you talking about a yes. story where, in a weird way, he predicted your future. Well, not he in did. a weird
0: way, he predicted your future. He did predict my future. When I was at Wichita State, which x Man went to Wichita State So um, before me. And uh, so X and I are in the weight room, and X was a great trash talker. And uh, uh, it was funny. My nickname, Xavier McDaniel, gave me was Big Draws. Really? Because my basketball shorts were big. <laughs> so he called me Big Draws. And uh, he was a huge wrestling fan. And uh, we were in the weight room at Wichita State, and uh, we were talking. And and uh, we had a coach that had changed, and, you know, I didn't know if I was going to stay or what I was going to do. And they had let Mike Cohen go. And uh, I was like, man, I'm going to play basketball. I said, I'll try out for every team. I'll make it in the NBA. Because, you know, you're young. You're you're a basketball And the ex says, you'll be the only seven-foot guy cut by the Japanese team. He says, I'm telling you what you need to do. He says, you're big. He says, you're white. He says, you should be a pro wrestler. I'm like, man, I don't know. I said, I'm a fan, but I don't don't know how to wrestle. He says, man, you don't have to, man. He says, I'm telling you, you just go in there and tell everybody you're Andre the Giant's son and you're here to avenge your dad's (laughs) debts. You look like Andre. You got hands like Andre. You know. I said, yeah, I know who Andre is. He says, I'm telling you, man. He says, you'll make money in wrestling. He says, if I was you, I'd be a pro wrestler. I'd like to be a pro wrestler now. And this is back then. He was still playing with uh, the the Seattle back then. Wow. You know, and uh, it was funny. Uh, He might have been with. Yeah, he was with Seattle then. I was thinking it was because then he went to Phoenix afterwards, right? So, yeah, I think Think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was still with Seattle. And he was like, Yeah, man, I'd be a pro wrestler, man. You kidding me? Punch them dudes, body slam them. And that was this whole thing. Then he kept trying to come up and body slam me in the gym. He tried to come up and pick me up. I'm like, Man, stop. (laughs) I mean, it's Xavier McDaniel, but at the same time, and only picking me up. Within a couple of years, I think this happened around, I want to say, 92. Yeah, maybe 91, 92, somewhere around that area. Then 95, I'm wrestling Hulk Hogan as Andre the Giant's son. And I'm like, man, you know, Xavier McDaniel was a visionary. He saw the future. Did you ever have a chance to talk to I him? have not talked to X since then. My God! In all the years of traveling and doing everything I've done, I haven't run across X. And it's funny, he's from South Carolina too. You would think that had have been a moment where he's on, he's watching TV, and he just puts his hands up in the air, he's like, "I oh, knew I'm it." I'm sure he has. I
1: freaking knew it.
0: I'm sure he has. I'm sure that when we, you know, we'd run into each other, it would be a, you know, um, "WTF, man!" I told you, right? You know, and I'll just have to be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I know you're right. You're right. So, but he was great. Uh, X was uh, a lot of fun. We used to have the craziest pickup games at Wichita State over the summer. You'd have uh, Harvey Grant, Horse Grant's brother. Uh, Barry Sanders, guy by the name of Arby Sherrard, who drafted was drafted after Michael Jordan by the mm-hmm. Bulls, and uh, Xavier McDaniel, and we'd have midnight pickup games at <laughs> at uh, at Wichita State back in the day over the summers. Just whoever wanted to come and play, and Barry Sanders was a hell of a basketball player. Too. Huh, very fast. Very, I mean, obviously he was fast, but on a basketball court, he was very fast. So, a lot of fun. A lot of fun playing with those guys. A lot of trash talking. Back in the days when I had long hair and a bright future.
1: <laughs> future son of Andre the Giant. Too. That's
0: it. Who knew? Who knew? Writings on the wall. Is it be,
1: has there been an athlete that, I obviously, you as an athlete have been playing sports and obviously a lot of like pro sports athletes, like NFL guys, baseball guys, basketball guys, love coming to see wrestling events. Mm-hmm. Has there ever been one where you're like looking out there and you're like, holy
0: crap, I can't believe they know who I am? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's one always is Charles Barkley one time pulling into the arena in Phoenix. Charles Barkley was leaving he goes big show. And I'm like, Oh my God, Charles Barkley knows who I am. Like I had that moment of like, wow. And I love Charles Barkley. Mm-hmm. And then there was one night in Miami, the greatest, craziest night ever in sports. My sports history I was at a place in Miami called the forge, which is a really nice high end, like $150 Tomahawk steaks. I was there with some other people and, uh, we're sitting in the forge, and uh, Michael Jordan comes in. Jeez. So Michael Jordan knew the people at the table, and he comes, looks at me and goes, Big show, how are you? So I stood up and shook Michael Jordan's hand. And he – obviously, we I'd already done the Rodman stuff and all right. that controversy, so I'm sure – you know, but I was the giant then. So the fact that he still knew who I was today, I was blown away then. That was my moment where, okay, I can – I can fall over dead now Michael Jordan knows who I am <laughs> I have my legacy uh, yeah I'm yeah Michael Jordan knows who I am. he said hi to me he shook my hand so charismatic and charming and I'm like, wow and before I could sit down, I hear big show big show this guy starts yelling on the other side of the restaurant and he starts coming towards me but he's bumping into people's chairs and whatnot and it's OJ Simpson. Okay. <laughs> so I just met Michael Jordan. Now OJ Simpson comes over and OJ's big hand shakes my hand and OJ was super polite. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, how do I go from Michael Jordan to OJ with all the co- poor controversy that OJ Simpson was right. carrying at the time? You know, and still does. So then I'm like, okay, man, I need to go outside and get some air. Yeah. So I'm outside and uh, while I'm outside, just getting some breath. Somebody slaps me on the back really hard. I mean, hard. And you don't do that to a big guy unless you know him or unless you've got a a serious death wish. Especially if they don't know what's coming. Especially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I turn around, and it's Rodman. <laughs> and then Rodman's trying to get me to 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 go overseas with his buddy overseas. Oh, just come over, man. They'll give me, make like 200 grand. Just come over. And I said, no, I, I'm good, man. I'm right, good. Right. I'm good. I'm good. And, and Dennis is so wild and crazy. And, and uh, like, he's just a wild cat. And then uh, Dennis is like, all right, well, well give me a number and and I'll call you. I'm like, okay. So I gave him my number, you know, and, you know, we, you know, hugged it out. And then he went back in. I started to go back into the forge. I'm thinking to myself, wow, I've met Michael Jordan tonight and OJ and I just ran into Rodman. And then my phone rings, and I answer. He goes, hey, it's Dennis. I just want to make sure you didn't give me a fake number. Bye. <laughs> I never heard from him again. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so I literally sat in the Forge the rest of the night and just contemplated that entire night's events. Right. Like, yeah, what I met happened? Michael Jordan. I met OJ Simpson. And Dennis Rodman was trying to get me to go overseas to, to meet his buddy overseas there. Was it... Uh, or was that, Korea? Was he doing that? Is he doing something? Is it North Korea? North or, Korea, whatever he was yeah. doing, yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, it's great. Come over. And I'm like, I'm, I'm good, man. I don't... I was going to say, what well, made this night so crazy, there. but you answered all the questions. <laughs> I yeah, just told the story. This is yeah, insane. Yeah, like, I, I don't... I'm not... That. I got another friend of mine that keeps telling me, oh, you got to come to my home country. You got to come to Colombia. I'm like, no. I know I am a seven-foot white dude, and there are some places I just... I don't need to go. Right. You can't just blend in. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to blend. <laughs> you know, I go to Colombia. It looks like, Hey, kidnap material. You know what I mean? Oh, you know what I mean? Like I'm,
1: I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable I'm, here in the United I'm States. Good. I'll
0: stay right here. Maybe I'll go, Canada. Go to, yeah. Canada, Mexico. No problems. Yeah. Whatever yeah. you need. Hey, I've gone to South America and wrestle. I'm good. You know, Argentina, Peru, I'm, you know, I'm good. Um, Colombia. I don't think they want me there. I'm good. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about
1: All the Wrestling, just the, the right. run that has been going on for you. Obviously, we're doing stuff with Dark Elevation, and, and also, I mean, I know you uh, had recently had a knee surgery. Yeah. So do you feel like when, when things start feeling better with the knee that well, there's yeah, a chance the knee that, surgery, you in the ring again?
0: It's funny. As I had my hip done in 2021, right, and then just as I started to make a return, uh I had a left knee that was bad for 12 years, that it finally... Uh, flew the coop on me. So I had, a, I had my knee done uh, August of uh, 2022. Right. So we've done, uh, it's been over a full year now, which the knee replacements take a lot longer than hip replacements. Like my hips are great. Uh, the it's knees, crazy the technology on the hip replacements it's now. It's unreal. The knee yeah. replacement's one that was a little iffy. And I. that's why I put the knee off for so long is because I'd heard all the stories. But I've got full range of motion on it. Everything's good. We passed that point. So now um, I've been working really hard, with strength and conditioning, doing some uh, some great stuff there. Working with a uh, uh, guy at Hard Knocks Gym, a guy by the name of Rob McIntyre. Okay, um, who is uh, he's I call him Doctor Frankenstein now. I'm doing stuff I've I don't think I've ever done in my career. I'm pushing sleds and pulling sleds and uh, squatting and mm-hmm. things that I've never done in my life before. And I've only been working with him now about probably about five weeks, and we've already made some tremendous gains. So for me right now, it's just uh, continuing to push that envelope, be stronger, be better, and uh, whenever uh, the opportunity presents itself. And that's the thing about AEW that's a little bit of a luxury for me. There's so much tremendous talent in AEW now um, and so many young talent that deservedly um, – earned that TV time and mm-hmm. earned their card time and spot time. Um, so my thing with me is I'm with being interjected here and there, sure. you know, and doing whatever role I can to help AEW. I do a lot of work with uh, AEW and our AEW together, which is our community relations stuff. Um, do a lot of media stuff like this. Yeah. You know, I've done some stuff, uh overseas stuff where we did the Wembley show. I went over there and did some stuff. And then again, get an opportunity to promote this weekend with, Collision and then going to Sunday at uh, um, Wrestle Dream is going to be ridiculous. That card at Wrestle it's Dream, insane. every match on that card is basically could be a main event. Yep, anywhere in the country. Every day I look I at, I'm just mean, like, oh it man! It has got every star that AEW has to offer is pretty much on that star in in championship matches. There's Ring of Honor tag titles. There's AEW tag titles. There's TBS Championship, TNT Championship. I mean, uh, you're gonna have the Young Bucks. You're gonna have Orange Cassidy, Hook, Kenny Omega. There's going to be so many. Darby Allen and Kristen yep. Cage. I mean, Brian Danielson, of course. Yeah, yeah, that Brian Danielson, Seattle's very own. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, you know, that's kind of a dream match too. So um, to to see all that talent this weekend, this is going to be a great. This, I think, looking at this card, this is one of the most stacked cards we've had in AEW this year. So, uh, Seattle's getting a heck of a treat this weekend. And Seattle's such a
1: a, a hotbed for wrestling fans. And and the last time showed up strong, so hopefully everyone shows up again just to to, to show that love for all the wrestlers that are in that ring. if you
0: like wrestling and you miss this weekend, you're you're an idiot. idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You are! Yeah, Yeah.
1: you are. (laughs) Hey, I know you say you'd be up for just coming in for a match here, match there, but if you could, like if— Tony Khan says whatever the story is what feud would you like to have do you have well, someone that you're like man I would love to not just have a match but like have a story with this person because I see so much yeah. potential you
0: know it's funny I'd love to have and I've said this before I'd love to have a good singles match and a good story with Kenny yeah because Kenny is a guy that you know where I came from before in WWE I was very and you know it's a it's a, it's a, it's a, box we're working so much and we're doing so much I didn't see that much outside of the box now, obviously I knew who Kenny Omega was but I never got a chance to really sit and watch him work. And Kenny Omega and I, I think, uh, if I got my act together, could have an incredible big guy, smaller guy match. Whether, you know, personally, I'd love to be the heel in that scenario yeah. and just beat the dog mess out of him <laughs> yes. and watch how he creatively finds a way to topple the giant. I think Kenny is brilliant in his style and some of the stuff he does execution-wise. If I had a dream tag partner, I'd love to team up with Jericho again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always love tagging with Jericho. And I think as far as personal big man feuds, I think as he gets a little bit more seasoned, I think the obvious run-in would be me and Saundam Singh at some point. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I'd like to do something different with Saundam. I wouldn't mind doing like what they did with me where they had Undertaker and I worked under Undertaker for a little bit and we tagged mm-hmm. together because that was a great learning experience for me. Uh, I wouldn't mind doing that with Sotten and mean, The only problem is if you put Sotten and I together, who the hell's going to beat us? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that might kill your entire tag team division. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of if buts and maybes. But right now, um, I'm just super happy to be here in AEW, and I'm super impressed with this young talent that is so hungry and so innovative with their choices and uh, uh, just the fire, the energy that they have. The um, a lot of it, too, is, is the the hunger and the humility that goes on with it because, you know, yeah, right now AEW is a smaller company, but they're making so many big strides and doing so many things well. And uh, Tony Khan does a fantastic job of giving the talent the opportunity to express themselves. It's not uh, – that's the thing about AEW that's impressive. It's not your machine cookie cutter, stand here, face the camera here, pose right. here. This is your ring entrance. This is your gear. It's not that structured. That's right. the thing about AEW. There's a lot of freedom for the talent, as it used to be yeah. back in the day, where the talent kind of created and dictated how they wanted to present themselves. Um, and you're going to make mistakes, and you're going to have successes. But you know, but you're that's gonna what makes have, wrestling fun. You're going to have true, authentic stars. I mean, yeah. you look at MJF. He's one of the most authentic heels I've seen in a long time. I mean, when's the last time you had a heel— that you hated so much, but absolutely still liked, right? Like in my mind, like I go back, go back to Flair, yeah. Because like to me, MJF is a modern day Flair. S. There's only going to ever be one Rick Flair, right? You know, and Rick Flair was, you know, one in a billion back then, and and still is to this day. I mean, you know, um, but to see how MJF and the way he came in and how he started and how he worked his way up and what he's created and the character that he's done and the the work that he puts out and his, 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 when he grabs a microphone, it's entertaining. Yeah. He tells a story in the ring. He looks good. You know what I mean? He does all the things right to be a star, you know, and it's nice to see. And that was all created by him.
1: It's it's, you know, it's it's a blast to watch. Like he can yeah. turn a, a double clothesline into something that people are chanting and yeah. excited about. Oh, that
0: double drop kick! The, the kangaroo, the, oh, the the kangaroo, kangaroo drop kick. kick! Yeah, kangaroo drop <laughs> kick! Like you know, <laughs> or you the would headlock thing. takeover, the body oh. slam. I, I love it. Yeah, but that's the thing in wrestling. If you do something, it should mean something. So, um, you know, yeah. There's 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 two ways of looking at it. You can have a very structured environment where everything is laid out. This is a blueprint for success. If you do A B C D E F and G. Uh, this will work and we'll put this on TV. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that becomes very standardized, you know. Um, Some are able to rise above that and create lasting careers. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you have that authenticity that comes through with like an MJF, it just hits a different, it just hits you in the gut different. And it's more, it's just more authentic.
1: Well, it's, I, I don't want to keep you all day. I could. No. Selfishly, like, I, I, and I'm not saying this because you're here, but I listen to so many of your interviews over the years and recently as well. It's just like every time I listen, I walk away with something. Because I, I mentioned before I, we started the interview, I, I wrestle on in the independence. And right. everything you say are stuff that I'm like, yes, oh my gosh, this makes all the sense in the world. And I'm yeah. like, it, I could wrestling. be a nerd about the wrestling stuff, but man, no, like, no. you always give such great wisdom.
0: Well, it, it's, it's hard-earned wisdom because, believe me, I don't think anybody made more mistakes than, than I have. Uh, just from everything, from locker room attitude to performance to A to Z, I've made it all wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've pissed the wrong people off here and there just by being stupid. And, <laughs> and you know, there's an old saying, not knowing a role. You know, I remember, and I've said this before in interviews, but it's one of my favorites because it was a very hard lesson. I remember going to Taker one time, and I just wanted to pat on the back. And Taker was probably the, my biggest mentor in my career was Undertaker. Undertaker and Arn Anderson mm-hmm. were the two biggest influence. Fit Finley, too. Fit Finley was great. Um, <laughs> I just think of Fit Finley. When I did something stupid, Fit Finley would just laugh at me <laughs> so that I knew it was wrong. <laughs> I'd come through the curtain, and Fit would just start laughing at me. I'm like, yeah, that was stupid. All right. But uh, I went to Taker one time. I said, oh, is there anything you see? Like Every young guy. Wants advice, but it's whether or not you apply that advice. Sometimes, especially nowadays, they don't want advice. They want a pat on the back. Yes, mm-hmm. you're not going to get a pat on the back. Mm-hmm. If you want advice, you're going to get advice. If you're doing something well, sure, you know you're doing it well. But if you want advice in wrestling, because it's it's under the microscope so much, this is what you need to change, and everything else is fine. Right. So, but younger wrestlers don't understand that. So I went to Taker and I was like, is there, is there anything I can do? Is there anything you, you, you see, you know, any advice? Taker looks at me and he thinks really hard because Taker's a, a smart ass. Taker goes, yeah, I'll give you some advice. You should take two weeks off and quit the business. <laughs> and he walked off. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> like I mean, it hits so hard. Yeah. But now being a veteran and the experience I have now, I get it. Like, there's nothing Taker could tell me then that would have sunk into my head, Fair. because yeah. there were so many things. Because you were super young compared uh, to everybody. Dude, I was 22, 23 years old yeah. when I beat Hogan. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I think I just turned 23. So, um, you know, I'm a world champion at 23. My first lot. match, like, you know, um, <laughs> the thing to do is to just is to to listen more and talk less. And don't be so encouraged as a new talent to impress everybody with what you, know. you know. It's more of consistency is the main thing. Go out, tell your story, present your character, have a good match, be safe, you know. Because wrestling, and I'll say it again, wrestling is work. You know what I mean? You're working with your opponent, you're working with the referee, and you're working with the crowd. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to create an environment. Where the goal of professional wrestling is not so that you look like a badass or that your opponent looks like a badass. The goal of wrestling, if you do it right, you get the fans so emotionally invested for that brief nanosecond, couple of minutes, that one match, whatever it is you can do, you suspend their belief. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know that Iron Man isn't real. Right. But Robert Downey Jr. in that context can suspend your belief and you believe in Iron Man because you're mostly invested in the character. Yeah. You're on the journey. So when you're wrestling, the wrestling greats, the ones that have impacted your life and got you emotionally invested, are the ones that, that took the time to do those things right, whether it be Roddy Piper, whether it be Ric Flair, whether it be Hulk Hogan, um, you know, whether it be MJF, Kenny Omega. You know, um, those are people that, that in some way or shape or form, you know, because when you try to explain wrestling, it's like, oh, yeah, 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 wrestling, but that one time. Yes. But that one time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? 100%. And, and then I don't want to be heartbreaking and be like, it's not just one time, it's all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I right. mean? There is no one time. No, I It was that sense. one time we did our job and got you emotionally invested. And, and that's... That's the entertainment payoff for it, is you're going to get great athletic competition. You're going to get emotionally invested characters that you can care about, that you want to root for, or that you want to boo. And it's a spectacle of athletes. So I'm it's on the line because these championships, they do mean something to the talent. And the opportunity to perform at these pay-per-views, you know, it's not a job. Mm -hmm. It means something. Yeah, and it, it's important for them to build their career, to connect with the audience, and, and you know, and to continue to do what they wanted to, to do what they want to do and be a part of pro wrestling. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of factors going to go into it. But but if I was younger talent, I would say talk less and uh, and watch more, and be honest with yourself. But today's social media, you have Instagram, you have Twitter, you have Facebook, you have everybody and their brother and mother going to tell you what you should and shouldn't do Mm -hmm. or who you are. Um, You have to know who you are as a talent. You can't believe everything written good about you and you can't believe everything written bad about you. So you don't interact with that. You know, so oh, you're the greatest ever, man. Okay. Well, be humble. Say thank you. Yeah. Don't let it go to your head. Mm Mm-hmm. You're the ever-living, drizzling garbage pail. You should not. Okay, well, I know I'm not. Right. But that's okay. That's your opinion. Right, and we can have different opinions. We can have different yeah. opinions. Yeah. I may not be your style. I'm not your dude. That's okay. But I know that to other people, I am. Mm-hmm. I know what I mean to my, my teammates in the locker room. You know, the people I work with, I know what I bring to the table. It's easier for me to come from that standpoint at this stage of the game. I understand that. But when you're younger, you really need to know where you are on the scale. You know, your friends will pump up and tell you the best, and you should be world champion. You may not be able to lace your frigging boots, consider to somebody that's seasoned. Yeah, But with a good attitude and hard work and say yes to everything, treat every job. That was the wisest thing that was ever told to me. Yeah. Treat every day like your first day on the job. Because your first day on the job, what are you? You're awake. You're alert. You're receptive. You say hello to everyone. Excited you're, to meet everyone. Excited yeah. to meet everyone. <laughs> hey, hey, what's going on? How you doing? <laughs> right. I'm Paul White. Or, hey, how you doing today? You just Even if you don't know that, hello. You acknowledge people you work with. You always stay upbeat and don't be a whiner and a bitcher. It doesn't help you in pro wrestling. Nobody cares about your travel. Nobody cares about your drama. Right. Save it. Be the guy, because everybody that people love in wrestling are guys that don't bring drama to work. They bring a good attitude, they're gonna put butts in seats and the crowd's gonna have a good time. And that's the
1: guy that the fellow that's a person. That's can a talent, whatever that like, is. Yeah, yeah.
0: Whatever I mean. that is you wanna be if you wanna be successful. And say yes to everything. I think that can also to everything. Yeah, well yeah. it is yeah. a good rule for life, yeah. but it doesn't matter. Just because okay, one day you're getting beat up, that's not the end of the world. It's not, because most people don't remember that. You know what I mean? It's it's a consistency of going out there and making them like you or making them hate you, and and doing your job and performing at its highest that makes the impact. So, um, yeah, you know, I there's a lot of wisdom there, but it's tough when you're younger because you're you're hungry and you want to reinvent the wheel yeah. and you want to make your mark. And I understand all that, and that will happen, but you know, don't don't put the cart before the horse. You know, be hungry, be aggressive. Be positive, be energetic, uh, be receptive. It's not how much you got to tell everybody how much you know. Be receptive. Mm-hmm. I tag team with Chris Jericho, and I learned so much after already being in the business however many years before Jericho and I started tagging together about tag team wrestling. And I had some incredible tag team partners along the way, but I learned something new with That's Chris awesome. Jericho because my mind was open. And I was receptive to what we were doing. Yeah. So, Wow, that's different. I never thought of that. Same thing with coming to AEW. There's different styles where I was in WWE. I came to AEW. I'm like, yeah, there is more than one way to do it. Yeah. But it's about synergy. It's about positive attitude and it's about, you know, keeping things in line.
1: Uh, I was going to say, hey, do you have any words of wisdom I could play for the guys I train with? But I'm going to just play that this last few minutes because yeah, it's, I, n- it's this is incredible. It's not
0: really that hard. That's yeah. the thing is when people say, oh, do what you love and all that, I agree. Find something you love to do and, but don't remember that of all if you're in pro wrestling and whether it's an independent show, an AEW show, or a WWE show, okay, let's 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 throw some math at you. The billions of people on this planet we will rough estimate we know that they're most a good percentage we'll say uh, know about wrestling. And we'll say a smaller percentage Watch wrestling frequently. You're still into the millions of people that watch wrestling either online or tune into their favorite programming or come to the local independent events. Out of all those billions of people, you're doing it. Mm -hmm. You're wearing the boots. You laced them up. You sacrificed birthdays. You sacrificed anniversaries. You sacrificed going out and partying with your friends. You sacrificed relationships. To be a professional wrestler. Don't drag anything else into that that takes it away from being a professional wrestler. Be grateful. Yeah. You know, this is something you looked out to when you your were a boots kid. Up, have Dream. a good time. Yep. Be a positive guy in the in the locker room. Don't be a guy that gets trapped up in drama and BS and somebody else. Oh, he's getting a push. She's getting a push. It doesn't matter. I promise you, you work hard and do all these things right, you're going to get a push too. Mm hmm. Because it can't be denied. It won't be denied. Yeah. What keeps people from getting ahead? And they can say, oh, it's politics. No, it's not politics. It's your attitude. Yep. There are going to be some people that have it better than you. That's life. That's business. Warren Buffett has it better than me financially right now. I don't hate on him for it. He's <laughs> made perfect. different choices. Right. You know what I mean? He's, he's, he's brought something different to the table. But, but I'm look sure if you
1: at, talked to him and he heard your story, I wish I got to do those stories. It's so crazy It that doesn't me. matter. Yeah.
0: But I look at it like this, never begrudge anyone else's success because they showed you that it's possible. So then it's up for you to find the right way to make it happen for yourself. It is possible. Nothing's impossible. It can be done in wrestling. It did, can be it's done.
1: incredible. The I, only
0: thing that stops you is your own attitude.
1: Dude, I, I I I don't want to make it about me, obviously, but like that's been my whole mindset. It's like I just want to be a better version of me every time I get it. Because I started late. I did yeah. it just because I loved it, and then it became like a thing where I'm like, I did when my kid's old enough to be like, hey, if you think you can't do something, so long story short, I got to be in the ring at AEW for one of the enhancement talents right. for in Portland, and right. I got clotheslined to hell by uh, Jake Hager, and it was incredible. Oh,
0: I've been closed by him, yeah. Well, he's I, like yeah. wrestling a bag of hammers, yeah. Dude, I
1: couldn't speak for two weeks after that clothesline and everyone on everyone that was listening to our show because I had a raspy voice they're like are you selling what happened like is this yeah. like so I'm like no this guy came in like I turned around mm. I'm like oh my gosh he's gonna murder me because I put his hat on that was a very bad choice on my part
0: oh yeah you're the idiot to put the
1: hat I'm on. I'm the idiot that put the hat on <laughs> wow that so, makes so much
0: sense we any, all know don't tuck don't touch his hat I put the hat on I was a moron <laughs> yeah besides it's such an ugly hat why would you want to <laughs> you know it's purple I like purple too. Yeah, Purple's yeah. a good color. It I fit like nice for a tenth of a second. A tenth like, of a second, yeah. And then you got two weeks to remember it. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: yeah. I re- all I can remember is that that moment was just like, one day my kid's going to be like, I don't know if I could do something like this. I'm like, Come over here to YouTube. I want to show you something that your dad did that everyone said he was stupid sure. to even think he could pull off. And I, and it's, well, but it was just the attitude of like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do anything with this, but I'm having a blast and I want to just be a good person around everyone that I'm around.
0: And that goes back to knowing who you are too, because plenty of people out there will tell you they can't because they look mm-hmm. at you and think of themselves. Yes. They say, well, I can't do that. So you can't do that. You're going to know who you are. Yep. Yep. You know I'm not mean?
1: asking you to do it. I'm trying. I'm just doing well, I'm it because I love it. it. You know? Yeah.
0: And if you can't say good luck. If you can't say, okay, be honest with me. Hey, that's going to be really hard, but I hope you do. That's Mm -hmm. still positive. But if you're going to shoot somebody down, then don't listen to them. Yep. You know what I mean? You're not going to turn the TV on if it's white noise and static.
1: (laughs) Right. You're not
0: going to watch that. Mm -hmm. So why, why listen to the other static either? Know who you are. Again, be honest with yourself. But, you know, that's just words of wisdom in life anyway. But again, you want to see some great wrestling, some amazing talent this weekend. Collision Saturday, Climate Pledge Arena. Yep. Tickets available at AEW Tickets, Ticketmaster.com. Sunday, Wrestle Dream. The big paper. It is a dream card. Uh, If you're a wrestling fan, you're in Seattle, you have the opportunity to come see this show. If you don't come, you're You're an an idiot. idiot. Paul, thank you, my friend. Thank you, bud. It's been a blast.
1: I follow Paul on all the socials at Paul White as well. You can see yeah, that. Great I still picture. don't know how
0: to run this yet. So if I'm not following you, just I'll figure it out by the end of the no, show. Every so. few weeks, you, you post a picture. It's good to go. I know. I know. They say, Oh, you have to post. I'm like, Why? I'm not doing anything. But you, you, you got to read the comments. You got to deal with all that other stuff. It's a, no, a, it's fine. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll, <laughs> okay. I'll do better. I'll do better. I'll do better.
1: Hey, man, thank you for taking many minutes out. Thanks, uh, I Steve. really
0: appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Thank, thank you. you.